So w- welcome to the Harbors of Mulholland Not Accounted For podcast, where we chat with the leaders of homegrown businesses across Northern Ireland about the effects of the global pandemic on their firms. My name is Darren McDowell, and I'm the senior partner of Harbors of Mulholland. And today I'm pleased to welcome a number of people from Henry Brothers to talk about how they have uh, coped over the last 14 months or so. So I'm going to introduce David Henry, who's the Managing Director of Henry Brothers, which is a leading construction company set up in Northern Ireland over four decades ago by his father, who's now the chairman of the company. David now runs the business alongside his brother, Ian, who's here with us today as Contracts Director, and his sister, Julie, who is the HR Director. So it's headquartered in Northern Ireland, and the business now employs close to 200 staff and is part of the wider Henry Group. David, perhaps I can kick things off by asking if you would just give us an overview of, of, of the company. Yeah, well, I mean, you've, you've covered it fairly well there. Um, we're a family-run construction company set up by Tim, my father, who's still involved with us. He's chairman and keeps us right and keeps us on our toes. Um, so we have offices in Markerfeld, Belfast, Glasgow, uh, Nottingham in England. And so we run, I suppose, we're spread out right throughout the UK. Here, Scotland, Scotland, and in England. So, I say two hundred odd employees and staff and colleagues, and working mainly in the public sector, uh, government projects, uh, whether that's education, universities, defence, blue light services. So that, that's the sort of sector that we mainly work in. And presently, I would say probably 35 percent of our works in Northern Ireland and the rest of the side of the country. So that's where we're at currently. Very good. That, that's a great uh, expansion of the company, if you like, beyond Northern Ireland in terms of business and staff. Yeah, it's, it's probably one that it's not by, it's, it's not by certainly, it's not the way we chose it. It's, it's necessity more than anything, just due to the workload in Northern Ireland, so where it's at. Um, but, you know, we're thankful that we have, we have work to go to, and that's it. Very good. Very good. All right, well, I'll kick off some questions here. And the first one I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I think, direct towards Ian. And it, it, it's a tricky one, given the 14 months that we've all been through. Can you describe how uh, things have been for your business in just five words, though? I won't hold you to that completely. I have the uh, five words, and then I have expanded on them for you. Aaron. So uh, the first one for us, I suppose, would have been challenging. Um, and... That's really coming from the biggest challenges we faced with ever-changing guidelines. Uh, you know, there were very confusion and frustrating at the start of the pandemic and, you know, changing almost on a, a daily basis. And so for us, you know, the challenge of that and just getting our heads around it and moving forward was um, the, the biggest obstacle at the start of the whole pandemic. Um, second word would be innovative. Um, because we we were fortunate enough to win a, a contract um, at the at the start uh, of the whole um, pandemic, and that led us into looking at different ways of doing things. Even before guidelines were even issued, we were, had to look at how we were going to work our sites, how we were going to manage people, how we were going to just conduct our business in the way that we needed to, uh, with all this going on around us. Uh, that you know included innovative approach of you know how we worked one-way systems on a construction site, which isn't the easiest of things, and 
uh, wire stations every so often, social distancing, which is again very complicated when you have um, people having to work alongside each other and together. Uh, even just you know the, the transport side of that, getting our staff to the sites and, and things like that. So we had to be very innovative, and you know we were looking at putting dividers up in vehicles uh, from the very first week of the the, the outbreak of COVID, uh, and working with a local supplier on that. So again, that all came together and just provided that innovative approach um, element. And thankfully, with putting all those measures in place, we hadn't one case of, of COVID on that site the whole way through. So it worked for us. The, the other point of that was switching from being all office and site based to working from home. Again, you know, it was totally alien to ourselves. That's something we didn't do before, very odd occasion. Uh, and we were. Again, fortunate enough, we had a robust IT system and IT team that moved fairly swiftly to get everybody up and running. And you know, we had been, when this was all rumoured, we had been looking at uh, purchasing extra laptops and, and things they got for our workforce. So we had all that in place, thankfully, and just ready to get up and running with it. And, and that all kicked off fairly smoothly. Um, third word would be unity. Uh, our Strapline is altogether stronger, and that you know was never ever more present than during this last year. Uh, it's been really good to see uh, that our employees stood by us the whole way through this, as we had to make uh, decisions on their behalf, and thankfully they run with it and, and were there to support us on that. Uh, and then that moved on to decisive. Uh, the decisions we had to make. Uh, had to be decisive. They had to be there and then because things were just moving that quick. Uh, we brought our health and safety teams, our HR teams, some of our site teams all together to put policies in place. And some of those could have been renewed before you even had them issued mm -hmm. because of the, the way the government guidelines were coming out. So, you know, we had to be decisive. And again, thankfully, our employees stood by us in that and understood why we were making decisions and why we were making this, making them the way we did, uh, to put them out there to help them uh, stay safe and to help the, the ones that were still working stay safe as well. And uh, number five might sound like an odd one, but it's actually lonely. Uh, I think we all found uh, that the whole time, especially at the very start, was very lonely. Um, you know, we couldn't meet up with work colleagues. We couldn't meet up with friends and family. You know, social distance was, was in place. Everything just felt very alien and I suppose standoffish and very different from what we are as a family business. And we want to sit down and talk to people and, and meet and greet people. So that was one area that we all struggled with. And, you know, looking at that, we were probably working more in that side of things uh, and remaining working in the business. And so we started to look at those that were on furlough or working from home and realized that, you know, if we're lonely and still busy, they're going to be even more lonely. So we, we put things in place like um, weekly welfare calls to all employees at that stage just to make sure everybody knew we were still there, we were able to be contacted. Uh, anything they needed, we could look at for them and try and help them out on that uh, side of things. So, you know, the, 
the lonely side of it, I suppose. And it, it's maybe still a bit there with people uh, working from home as well. But we, we just need to watch that from a, a mental health side as much as anything. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was a fantastic answer. And I think as a family business, what strikes me from the Family Business Forum point of view is that the family values feature very strongly in those words. And that point of unity, I think, underlies what, what is one of the great strengths of family businesses and the whole team pulling together for you as a business. And I, I think that that word lonely is, is also a very honest appraisal of what many of us experience as teams and, and how you then went about addressing that for your, your team. That, that's, those are powerful words. I appreciate the time that went into to thinking them through. Uh, that, 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 that's very insightful. Thank you. Okay, so we'll move the spotlight on now and uh, we're going to ask Julie, what do you think the, the biggest business challenge has been over this period of time? Well, I have one word down to start off with and that was survival, just to get through this. Boris had made an announcement that everybody was to work from home. Um, we were a construction business, didn't know how that was going to work out. Um, you know, we were just looking at things. We didn't know how long it was going to last. So then it started to change that we just had to protect our people, and make sure that they were, were safe and well. Um, probably even before the message came out, we had sent our most vulnerable home anyway at that stage. Um, but as Ian had mentioned there, we were given um, or we had secured a government COVID response contract that enabled us to keep some site staff working during that period and I suppose that helped us see how the future was going to pan out and what our construction sites could look like after that. Um, but from very early on we took the decision that we were going to pay 100% um, to our staff up until the end of July and hope that they would be back by that stage or most of them would. Um, we also took done just simple things. David um, made a video and addressed the entire group at that stage, just urging them to keep safe, to use the time to reset, recharge, look after their families and appreciate the simple things in life. Um, and then the, the HR department obviously was working the whole time. So it then became about keeping in contact with everybody and that constant communication. So we dedicated over 535 hours in that first initial period, just contacting everybody, phoning them, checking how, and see how they were doing. Um, we have one person who didn't have any, a, a mobile phone or anything, so we, we had got him a mobile phone so we could keep in contact with him. Um, just the, then whenever we started to look at phasing back and the work on contracts starting to open again, then there was a constant communication to them of what their sites would look like. We went uh, we done videos of how their new workplaces were going to look and how the signage looked and the one-way systems and the wash stations and all that sort of thing. So it very much became about looking after them and to make sure that we got 100% of our people back to work again and when we could. That, that's great, Julia. That, 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 that's really, um, I think what comes across to me very strongly is the importance of communication and the, the care that you were having for your wider team in that. Uh, and then and I forgot to mention there as well, in the second um, lockdown, 
whilst it wasn't just as strict as the first one, we just felt that everybody's mental health was starting to, you know, everybody just was getting dull and dreary. So we, we teamed up with a local gym and done a six-week challenge, which we called the Fitness Factor. Um, and David, Ian and myself all took part in that along with, uh, with our employees. Um, and that was really, really successful because it took, uh, you know, whilst it was grueling and maybe not what we all expected and thought we were in for an easy time, but it wasn't like that. Um, it really took everybody's minds off because you were so focused on the challenges and what was coming next and working for your team. And, and it, it really did prove to be very, very successful for everybody. That's great. Uh, there's a real sense of how much you're, you're looking out for your, your wider team throughout what has been operationally a very challenging time for, for everyone. I think as the government kind of struggled through the best policies and regulations to put out there, then employers like yourselves were having to, to, to work out what that meant for your work and your access to sites and so on. So it's, it's great in the back of all that you were thinking about your team and, and, and looking towards their, their welfare. Okay, so we're going to move on now. And the, ne the next question is, is going to be directed at David. And what, what do you think, David, has been your best business opportunity in this period of time? Well, I was thinking about that, you know, and at the time, it's probably hard to see that there's any opportunity, I have to say, when you're trying to work your way through it. But from reflection, whenever you look back at it, um, and, and we've done our lessons learned about this after the first three, four months, we sort of looked at it. And... Uh, the thing that sort of struck me was that all our people, because we people weren't working on sites maybe at that stage, so our Northern Ireland sites were closed for nine and a half weeks. Our sites in England were closed for three weeks and two days, I think it was. And our sites in Scotland were closed for 10 weeks. So we're all different times and different periods. So whilst we were bidding for work, we were maybe bidding for work in England and using our guys in Northern Ireland or Scotland to help with those bids. And the, the, I suppose the collaboration between all those teams working together really proved successful. And, and, and believe it or not, that three to four month period, we were probably more successful in that period than we've ever been in our history. And, you know, you have to then sit back and say, right, you know, how is that? You know, and it, it just all didn't happen at that time. A lot of things just fell into place. But I think it was just that extra effort. People have been really, really focused and really working together and give their all to do the best that they could to, to get us opportunities. And those opportunities will flow through later on this year and into next year, which will put us in good stead. So you know, that, I think for me, that's probably the, the big opportunity that we see from dividend uh, at the end of it. That's very good, David. And I think um, as part of that, I assume embracing digital Teams meetings and, and all the rest of it was the backbone of how that happened operationally, was it? Yeah, it, it couldn't work any other way because I mean there was no flights at the start of it, so you know you couldn't travel. So we had guys working in different jurisdictions that were all communicating with each other, having video calls and doing interviews over teams and all the rest of it. So I mean the, the IT backup was was immense. You know, we couldn't have worked without it. We just couldn't have done it. Very good. So, yeah. Sometimes it, it requires a major a major challenge to tip us into a different way of working. And, and absolutely, yeah, I think that that was it. That was the and, and once we saw that it could be done, you know, then things started to get smoother as you went. So, yeah, I mean, one thing for us probably 
a lot of our submissions are on hard copies and electronic copies. Whenever this happened, there was no hard copies at all. We just everybody, all the clients went to electronic copies, which were great. You know, it's, it's half the production of paper and all the rest of it. So, you know, and those are things that have stayed with our industry going forward. So, that's good. That's good. Yeah, there's there's lessons there's lessons in the midst of of even this. So, if we move on now and, and turn to to Ian, what do you think the, the biggest frustration of the past 12 to 14 months has been? Well, I think David has touched on it a bit there. The, the, one of the biggest frustrations for us as a business would definitely have been the, the difference in COVID guidelines between all the UK regions. Uh, you know, as mentioned there, we work in Scotland and Midlands and here as well. And, you know, that just caused a lot of confusion, uh, you know, in the whole industry as to what was allowed to happen in each area. You know, Scotland closed down completely. Northern Ireland closed down. Um, GB opened up within a matter of two or three weeks. Um, and then it was a follow-up from that. Um, Northern Ireland opened up about three months after, and Scotland were a few months after that again. So I think the frustrations just of knowing one area was open and able to work, and we could see that clearly, and we were able to do that with our own people. But yet... And our home ground and you know Northern Ireland, we weren't able to operate as normal. So those frustrations, I suppose, were, were building up and building up. But we David said we had to look at changing our people around and using them in different ways to try and support those that were able to get back on the ground and, and open up again. And you know, that um, I suppose helped us to get through it, but uh, it certainly was a very frustrating and, and challenge in time. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was, Ian. And particularly when you're working across jurisdictions that are all lagging behind each other as they bring up their own regulations almost. Yeah. I'm sure operationally that was very challenging for you and you were having to, to reconsider each one in the context of the guidance for that area. Yeah, there just seemed to be a great lack of um, you know, involvement from all sectors really are all parties to, to bring everything together and just have one common goal at the end of it and one approach you know just to, as I say the GB Scotland Wales and Northern Ireland all had very much different ideas of how to do things when to open up what to close and, and all the rest so it was uh, and still is challenging for a lot of businesses even yet I'm sure it is yeah we're, we're not through it yet I, th I think there's probably more to come before we see a, a full relaxation there's yeah Probably lots more work left for you then to, to work that out into each each area. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, so we're going to move on now. And, and the word pivot has been used as much as Zoom over the past year. And has your business had to pivot? And, and how has it gone about doing this? Julie, do you, do you want to pick up on that? Well, I suppose for us, it's not so much pivot because we didn't. You know, we, largely we were able to work the whole way through, but it was more like a, a reset at, at the very start and to look at things. So one of the areas that we really focused on was the training and development department. So a lot of the training had been cancelled by providers or, or whatever. So we looked at it in a different way and thought, well, how... How can we get this to people that, that they can use this time to 
do a bit of self-development and roll those courses out to them. So we, we put a huge amount of effort into getting um, more career development courses out there to them that they could avail of. Um, we opened up, we looked at teams to see what all we could do in it. And we used Yammer to keep in touch, even on the more social side of things. It wasn't more businessy, but it was more social. Um, but the, the training, we offered courses relating to mental health. Um, we trained more mental health first aiders. We had bereavement training, you know, all those sorts of things. And then there was a suite of courses that they could go on and choose what they wanted to do themselves. And in all honesty, we covered, um, I'm just checking the figures here. We covered about 1,328 hours of training in those first few weeks. Um, and then our figures for the year were only down marginally on what they had been, so the 5,925 hours for the whole year, which compared to the year before was 6,000 odd. So, you know, they really up, used the time to, to upskill themselves. And, and I think that's only been beneficial for our business. Um, you know, even the likes of teams for people that hadn't used it before, we had the courses there and the suite available so that they knew what buttons to press and how they got onto a call and how they got off call and, you know, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think that's what we use the time to do. That, that, that's very good, Julia. And I, I think this term pivot that I read a lot in, in the press is, is perhaps it, it undersells the importance of those points that you're making. Many businesses, including our own, perhaps didn't reinvent the wheel, but we had to embrace things that we hadn't done previously. And, and I think incrementally those, those will help us all a long time into the future, but they, they don't necessarily need to be a complete reinvention of, of, of what you're doing. So I think that they're powerful and important changes that you, you were making there and you'll hopefully reap benefits in the future from them as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, if, if, Ian, uh, you had 10 minutes with our, our political leaders, what would be on your, your business wish list at this point in time? It's a more controversial question. Probably had to cut this one down a bit, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think we need to lead like leaders. That's the first thing we would be saying to them. Um, well, I suppose I've had the opportunity to, to meet the leaders and to work with them. Uh, and they're, they're doing a really good job at the moment. And, you know, it's evident from the start of the pandemic that all of our politicians were able to work well together. You know, it took quick and decisive decisions that they had to do and put policies in place to keep everything going and to keep everybody safe. But, you know, we, we see the cracks now. We, you know, everybody sees that and we're just, would have concerns that we're going to go back to the same old, same old that Northern Ireland always falls into, that they're all falling out and bickering with each other. And I think that would be my plea to them that look back at this pandemic, you know, look at the examples they were able to set, the lead they were able to take, the decisions they were able to make because they were able to work together and they have to take that forward. No matter what political differences they have, we want them there as leaders to lead our country and to take it forward. And that is never going to be more crucial than it is now with 
everything that has happened, whether it be COVID, um, Brexit, all of that. So that's the one thing I would be requesting from them really is that they, they look at it from a different perspective and do lead us as we have put them in that place to lead. They've been voted in, so we expect them to do that for our country and our nation. So um, it's really coming back to basics, I suppose, and doing what they need to do. That's that's good, good, good words there. I think Ian, because it, it does. Nobody would have wanted to swap places with them during a, a global pandemic, but particularly in this part of the world, when you look back at how they were coping with it, they were working together, and that that's very much what we need as we head into the future. So that that's that's a really 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 good answer to to that question. Thank you. So next question then for David, what what good do you think will come out of all of this, if anything, for, for your business? I think for us, we've become probably a bit more agile. Um, we always thought we were fairly agile and flexible, but I think this was a whole different level. Um, we had to be agile and, and quick to respond and to changing situations and, and all of that. And, and probably at the same time with a degree of calmness and, and confidence, you know, you, you still had to be calm about what you were doing. And, and you maybe didn't feel as if you're in control, but you had to, you know, you had to always come across as if you were really well-controlled and calm about it. And they're doing the right thing for the right reason. Um, and our workforce were extremely loyal to us and have been right through that. Um, and I think, you know, just working together through that, that we have those relationships are going to strengthen. Um, Ian referred earlier on that our, our strap line is altogether stronger. And, you know, coming through this, that was certainly it. Every time, you know, you were having conversations and those words were mentioned probably more than any other words the whole way through what, what we were doing. So I think there, there's a lot of good that has come out of that. Our relationships have strengthened. I think more more widely for business leaders, I think um, business leaders have maybe shown more empathy than probably what we have and what we had done up to that. Um, and, th and that's for all different roles. You know, I think we need to see people as humans, not as a role. We need to see them as people. Treat them as people and treat them properly. Um, you know, it's, it's not hard to show a bit of kindness along the way. And it's not hard to, to get beside people. Um, I suppose the other thing maybe that, that came across is that whenever we were only fit to shop local, we supported our local, our local towns and communities. And I think that's something that we have to learn from. You know, we're all too quick, criticizing myself here as well, we're all too quick to go online and buy this, that, and the other. We should be supporting our own local industries or local towns, small business, and, and help to try and boost our economy again and our local lives. I think we all need to learn from that. That's that's a good point, David. I, I think in terms of that answer, do, do you do you feel that being a family business has given you a strength around uh, your core value of, of working together and the, the the support that you had from your your team? Do you, do you feel that the family business is a strength? Well, there's no, no doubt about it. Um, you know, well, we don't know anything else, I suppose, because we've always worked together as a family, but you know, I have no doubt that the family side of it is a, a huge strength for us and a huge boost. Um, so our people, and in fairness, our people let us make the decisions and they trusted us to make them, which is a big, big thing. And that, that shows the loyalty coming through, so. Sure. I think it's an incredible strength and, and we can see it 
and, and the work that we have done through the Family Business Forum. And we've recently conducted a piece of research with DCU looking at family businesses across the island of Ireland and how they've addressed the challenges and um, you know, some key themes emerging out of that really took us back to those, the importance of trust and, and the values within a family business and how those have expand out beyond the senior team. So it's a, it's a real strength, I think, for, for facing anything, opportunities and threats. So to, to round things off then, what one piece of advice would you give to other business owners as we start to come out of the latest phase of this pandemic? And I think, Julie, you're going to pick up on that. Yeah, well, I think the three of us did tap us over yesterday and I think we all agreed, be mindful. Um, we're not through this yet. And the one thing that everybody has to do is to still follow whatever existing guidelines there are there to keep not only their own staff, but their customers and, and everybody safe as they start to open up again. But the other thing, and David touched on it there, um, we feel duty-bound as, as business owners and probably a, a luckier business in many respects and that we were able to work right through. For those that are just coming out of this, um, can we help each other? Can we, you know, can you tie in with a hotel group and offer a discount to your staff? Can you go to the local coffee shop and say for every six coffees to buy, they're going to get one free? You know, can can we do something like that? Can can other business owners take that opportunity and do the same thing? And as David says, start and support local. We have to get everybody built up again, and it's only by helping. David has already alluded to our strap line, and, and I think Ian mentioned it as well, but we are all together stronger. It's only whenever we work like that that we'll get through this. We have to help other businesses. That, that's a great answer, Julie, and um, thanks to all of you for working through that piece of advice. I, I, and I think it does speak to your, your point in all together stronger, very much so, and the importance of... You know, working with local businesses here as we help each other to come through this, I think is, is, is great advice as we as we look to the future now. So thank you so much to, 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 to the three of you, Julie, Ian and David. Really appreciate your time and appreciate the, the thought that you put behind coming to speak to us here today. And I think, as always, with the Family Business Forum, the benefit that other people get from hearing similar businesses facing the challenges is, is really powerful and I think will be of great use to everyone going forward. So thanks again for your time. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity.